Austria. Are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And on our show today, we have the savage gentleman himself. Victor Benjamin joins the show. Victor, he's a champion. To the show. He's a champion of something that I won. Oh, and that, very... that Butterfinger Championship. Oh, man. You know what? I was eating Butterfinger the other day, and it gets a lot of hate for how chewy it is and how it gets stuck in between your teeth. But I will say that Butterfinger is the only candy that lets you savor it throughout the day. It doesn't end. And if you have a beard like mine, you know, when it crumbles and breaks down, you have little leftover for the end of the day. That goes for any food. When you have a flavor saver, you can pretty much pick anything out of it. Sometimes it doesn't work in your advantage if you don't like what you're eating, but sometimes it is the flavor saver. <laughs> Very good. Cool. So, Victor, welcome to our show. Uh, upcoming, you have a uh, event against uh, the goods Josh Woods at Wrestle Pit and a Ring of Honor Pure Rules match. Is this your first Pure Rules match? This is. Uh, I've done Bloodsport in the past, but this is a little different. You know, Bloodsport has no ropes, and this is performed in a regular ring. It's more technical, but I don't foresee it being an issue considering, you know, the decade of mixed martial arts experience that I have. Now, the only thing that is tricky, I feel, in the Pure Rules matchup is the rope breaks. Because yes. especially both of you are very equally matched up. Let's let's face it. Yeah. You both specialize in a striking ground, mixed martial arts type style of wrestling. So if submission holds are going back and forth and the only way to get out is to use the ropes, I feel like that's the trickiest part of the rules. Like you got to. You got to know how many you have. Right. And that's a huge factor in this. So Josh and I, it's you know, no strangers to each other. We've been friends for a while. We've been wanting to have this match. And it couldn't have come at any better timing than right now for Wrestle Pit because he's the Ring of Honor pure champion. That in itself, the prestige and the lineage of everyone that has held that title you know, so for him to beat Gresham for that championship, you know, like that's a very, very high accolade. But am I worried? No. Like, I, like you mentioned, we're very similar. I think it's going to be a very cerebral chess game. Yeah, we've seen Josh in the ring with uh, people of his caliber, the people that – don't really have that mixed martial arts background and whatnot. And he kind of picks them apart when it comes yeah. to that. I mean, everyone except for maybe Gresham. Like Gresham's arguably the best technical wrestler. He's just so in-ring smart that it makes everyone else look kind of silly. But, I mean, 
anybody that doesn't really have that background, he's able to kind of capitalize and he's able to use, I mean, he's a big dude as well. He's, I mean, he probably has you by a couple pounds at this point. Uh, a little bit, not by much though. Not by much? Yeah, so, not by much. All right. Well, I stand corrected. You're, I haven't seen you two next to each other. I know you're shredded. I know you're jacked, but yep. I felt like he's got a little bit of, of thickness to him. He's as, a little thicker, but, but I'm dense. That's what I call myself. That's funny. If you throw me in water, I'm not. I'm not floating. So after this match, is this for the pure? Uh, this is for the championship. Now, Ring of Honor is coming back after Supercard of Honor, and they're going to be running shows again. Now, is that a, is that a place that you like feel comfortable with that you would like to? to venture off to? Absolutely. My wife and I actually spent a few years down there at the Ring of Honor Dojo a few years back. So it's always been somewhere that I wanted to go because of the technical aspects. You know, my previous background, and you, you had guys like Gresham, like Woods, Rhett, and all the other guys that are just so insanely talented, but at the same time, technical proficiency is one of the things I excel in. and. I'm really going to showcase that showcase that this match against Woods because in a true pro wrestling match, rope breaks don't matter. You know, you can go hold for hold, but you can also use the top rope. You can also use anything that you have available to you. And this is a handicap for most people, but I don't think it's going to be a handicap for me. All right. So if you were to put, if you were to put your striking against Josh's, who's got the upper hand there? Because there's no there's no closed fist. I mean, it's it's all going to be a unique striking style. Absolutely, and I would absolutely 100% give myself that edge. Now, now that as far as the technical wrestling aspect, Woods got that. You know, that's that's his specialty. You know, he was in college. He was a, a collegiate, you know, high level collegiate wrestler. You know, champion. But I also have that background, just as Woods. You know, has it. Pretty proficient striking background as well, but that's that's the matchup that we got. We got grappler versus striker. It's the age old tale, you know, that has been told since the very first UFC. And I think we're going to put on a show. Now it's not often, and often enough, in my opinion, personally, that you get evenly like put together matchups like usually it's a David versus Goliath or two completely different styles that go against each other, depending on what you're watching. But when ROH like went back to the pure rules, I like found myself glued to that, to that show because of that style. That's the style that keeps me interested when I'm watching wrestling nowadays, because I feel like I've seen everything else like growing up in the, late 80s, early 90s, and watching all that, you only had, you had very few technicians. I mean, it kind right. of, everything kind of changed to be a larger-than-life personality, and I, I really miss that. Now that I'm older, not old, but older, <laughs> I feel like it's I'm more drawn to that because it feels more – it has that UFC feel. It has like that – it's all about storytelling and in mat, in ring and during the matchup storytelling. And you our can way- appreciate it now. You know, when you're a kid, when you're younger, 
You want to see the flashy stuff. You want to see the razzle dazzle. You want to see that monster come out that's seven foot tall because it is larger than life. And it's even larger when you're a small child. Yeah. But now that you can appreciate the technical aspect and with the emergence and the growth that professional mixed martial arts has had over the last two decades, everyone's very familiar with that style. So to go back and bring that into the future again, it's just like anything else in the world. What, what was once old is now new again. Yeah, I mean, I did. I always had an appreciation for Bret Hart. Like, I loved the way he, like, even as a young kid or a young teenager, like, I always found myself drawn to him. I mean, one that the guitar riff in the in the entrance that was always cool. But in the ring, he always felt like he, maybe minus a, a few others, like Michaels was great in the ring, but he always feel like, felt like he was like whole. He was holding the whole thing together. Like he, he always felt like he like without knowing what a ring general was back then, like right. you, you could kind of feel that like with him. Absolutely. Bret Hart that, is by far one of the best still to have ever laced up boots. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Now there's an, another kind of a, I would say a friend of the show who also adapts that style and who's also a pro mixed martial artist. And that would be Matt Mikowski. Now, oh. has has there ever been – I know there's been at least one matchup yes. for yourself. Was that a – that wasn't at Bloodsport, was it? That was at Beyond. That was at Beyond Wrestling. Now, that yes. is another interesting matchup. I feel like he's got more of a unique – like, he's got a very good in submission, but he's definitely a, a uniqueness to his mixed martial arts wrestling mashup. Now, is yeah. there any is there anything that you do or that you do you practice that you kind of mash together the styles? Like, how do you how do you how do you make them all one? So, it's not necessarily more about making them all one, as to going out and being what's natural to yourself. Being my true self in a wrestling ring goes back to when I was an amateur wrestler in high school. Whenever I was an amateur mixed martial arts fighter in a cage for three minute rounds, and then as a professional mixed martial artist in a cage for five minute rounds, and as a professional boxer in a ring for multiple rounds where you are just going, you have to, you have to persevere. In a wrestling ring, it's different. It allows me to be more cerebral, more calculated, opposed to just purely relying on instinct alone. And a time crunch, because you want to win, and you want to win in a certain amount of time. Actually, that benefits you, because you're able to speed up the pace and have an urgency about the match when someone else might be taking it slow. Like, you have that right sense of urgency where you have to finish this in a certain amount of time. Now, is that was that a hard, uh, was that a hard mentality to kind of – not so much break, but adapt? At first, yes, because in mixed martial arts, the faster you win, the faster you get paid. <laughs> I think that's different in professional wrestling, but you want to take the least amount of damage that you can to get back in that cage as soon as you can. The sooner you get back in the cage, the more money you make. And as a prize fighter, I'm very familiar with that, but in a wrestling match, it's not always about haste. 
You want to make very smart decisions and you're not just matched up with someone that does the same exact thing that you do. There might be a high flyer. There might be a power guy. It might be the striker. It could be the grappler. There are so many different styles. And that's why wrestling usually goes a lot longer in matches because there's a feeling out process. You have to see who you're up against. You have to feel them out, see where, where your strengths and your weaknesses lie because nobody's perfect. But if you can capitalize on your strengths opposed to theirs, that's whenever you come out victorious. All right. So I know this might be a hard or question to answer, but what style do you feel is the trickiest to go against, to match up against? For me personally or in general? For you personally. Well, you can give me both if you want. Um, technical wrestling is probably the hardest to go against in professional wrestling. Um, it's only because it is such a high level and only a few people can perform to that high level. Now, sure, your, your collar, elbow tie-up, your wrist lock, your hammer lock, your headlock, you know, simple knee bars, things of that nature, everyone knows, everyone's fluid in. But once you start going hold for hold and you have to know the counter to the counter, that's when things get very complicated. That's what you were talking about earlier, what draws you into the Ring of Honor Pure Match. It's not necessarily this versus that, but it's being so good at the same thing at the same time that it's a battle of wills. Well, so speaking of the battle of wills, um, last week on uh, NWA, we saw yes. you face off against Matt Cardona, who he's been taking over every uh, everywhere, everywhere. It's he's been everywhere. I mean, to the low, low, like 10, 12 people that's in attendance uh, events to. Being on NWA, being in AEW, he's going all over. This match you, you had with sold him. Sold out Hammerstein. <laughs> uh, yeah, sold out Hammerstein as well. Uh, this match you had with him, how was it getting in the ring with a guy who's right now at the top of his game? That's a large pedigree as well. And yes, and the background and everything that comes along with a Matt Cardona. Um, I was honestly for a very long time waiting for an opportunity, not necessarily against Cardona, but someone of his stature in the professional wrestling business to prove to every single buddy or every single person that I do belong in that caliber. I need to be in those conversations and being able to wrestle Matt Cardona while he's at his peak, it, it couldn't have been scripted any better. It just so happened to work out at perfect timing. He was the NWA champion, you know, the GCW champion, the impact digital media champion, he has AIW championships. He's the internet champion. But you know what he's not? The Butterfinger champion. <laughs> You're the only one to hold that title, aren't you? I'm the only one, and it's the only title of its kind. It's existence. one of one? It's one of one. So that's something he would eat up because it's like a, it's like a toy. It's like the, it's... <laughs> I said, I like that. I like, I like what you did there. So... He's like the big figurehead, and he collects all the figures. You have the rarest of rare in collector's rare. items. Correct. Did he try and steal it from you? No. Danhausen did, though. That bastard. Damn that Danhausen. He tried to hand it to Lance Archer. 
That would have been a hard get back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I stole it back. You got to go watch that. I stole it back. And then I beat Lance Archer for the championship. Interesting. Now, was this on a show or was this on YouTube? It's just on like a YouTube clip. Danhausen, his vlog, I believe, that I had no idea that I was even making a cameo on because I was getting ready for a match and my championship disappeared. I went looking for it and it was in a locker room and those two were fighting over it. So that's on YouTube. Some vlog, I think that think that's his channel, you know, what the thing that he does normally mm-hmm. and he talks about everyone and he steals mm-hmm. people's things. He's a klepto. <laughs> but regardless, you can see the match on YouTube from Pele Pro. Okay. And that right. was me versus Lance. So use first Lance. Now that's someone that is of that caliber who's traveled the world, who's been in every major promotion and done really, really well in a lot of different major promotions, but a little different than Macardona in stature and in complete moveset alone. Absolutely. Now against the bigger opponent, what's, what's the game plan? Oh, you got to take his legs out. I'm a striker. I just started kicking at his legs. That's so you got to chop down the tree. That's the the chop down. down. Now, does that always work for you? Who's the biggest legs that you've had to chop? Him and Cody Hall, Scott Hall's son. Yeah, he's uh, gene- genetics got him. <laughs> yeah, those those are both some very large legs that I had to chop down. I just wrestled Cody, I think, about three, four weeks ago. And the Lance Archer match was about three or four months ago. But both of them, I, I believe, are a legitimate 6'10". And... That's a giant tree in a wrestling ring. Yeah. You don't see too many people that are like 6'10". No. Not just no. walking around in public. I've wrestled so many guys that are that size, actually. But those are the two probably like the biggest names. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, I mean, as much as you hear about, oh, now it's a bunch of uh, uh, indie midgets or whatever the hell Vince wanted to call them, vanilla midgets. But like, there are an extreme amount of big talent out there. Right. Or they're just not that juiced out of their mind right. big person anymore. There's still some very large people out there. Oh, there's a lot of large people. I don't know how tall you guys are, but not tall. in the general popular consensus, like 6'2 is kind of a large human nowadays. 6'5, especially, you know? And just to be paired up with someone that's 6'10, who's almost a foot taller than me, you know? That's a huge disparity. Yeah, you, re- you really don't get to see that a lot either. Like the big, big 6'10". I mean, Billy Gunn, surprisingly, is a very large person. You wouldn't I think that. I said that the very first time I met him, actually. Yeah, did you see him all- next to everybody else? He's huge. And he's huge both ways, wide and tall. And he's in the best shape. He's probably one of the guys in the best shape on the entire AEW roster right now. I said he's almost almost 60. He's almost 60? He's 57 years old. Holy shit. I ain't definitely looking like that when I'm almost 60. (laughs) I ain't got a shot in hell. Those are goals for me right there. Yeah, I got goals for all of humanity to look like that when you're 60. Right. So I want to bump off topic, and we've talked about Butterfingers. So you are co-founder, president, CEO of the – Peanut Butter Platoon. What is your actual title for the Peanut Butter Platoon? 
Do you have one? Creator? I do. I have two of them. And they were both given to me by the platoon themselves. One is the peanut butter emperor. Okay. Which started during the feud between Lance and I, because it was about who is the superior peanut butter athlete. Interesting. And if you go back, there's a, there's a whole vignette about it. Him and I going back and forth, fighting over peanut butter. And clearly I still have the title. So I'm the number one peanut butter guy. Lance, if you're watching, get over it. But also I'm the peanut butter platoon general. All right. I knew, I knew you had to have like a good, like yeah. uh, military standing. Military ranking system. Of yes. course. I have sergeants. I actually just tried to recruit Sergeant Slaughter yesterday. <laughs> Does he like you know, peanut butter like that? Well, he was commenting on his stuff. So I was like, why not? I'm going to shoot my shot. Like, I want a real sergeant in the army. Look, it makes sense. I mean, how can you not? It really, it really just it lends itself right to it. The sergeant, peanut butter, Sergeant Slaughter, PB Sergeant Slaughter, PBSS. <laughs> so, I had a bunch of questions I was I wanted to uh, ask because I love peanut butter as well, not nearly as much as you because I don't venture out of the because uh, you have like all different styles of peanut butter. I'm pretty much just a regular old peanut butter, chunky peanut butter. I don't venture out like that. But you I do have some. Your horizons. I do. Well, thank you. I I agree with you. But I wanted to know what's your go-to for what you're putting peanut butter on. Like, what's the thing that you always put peanut butter on? Eggs. Eggs is number one go-to. Pan-fried eggs. I've had that before. It's not bad. It's actually really good. It's good with the. It's good. It's the savory and sweet type. Deal. Correct. I'm gonna oh. give you. I'm gonna give you one a little bit further because you do like it. Mix your eggs, put the cinnamon, put in vanilla like you're making French toast. Oh my god! Pan fry the eggs without the bread, peanut butter on top, little dr drizzle of syrup. Thank me later. <laughs> How are you in the shape that you're in? Telling me this. But. but this? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah that. That, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, what you just told me is like, that's got to be a cheat meal. No, that's almost an everyday breakfast occurrence for me. How many calories you burn a day? Today? No, I didn't see what you ate. What do you eat? Give me the. Oh, is that the, is that the uh, manwich? Yes. Well, first of all, that <laughs> freaked me out. <laughs> like, I agree with Joe on this one. I love peanut butter. And jelly, and that's about it. Like I, Ugh. and I, but I love. Guy, I mean, twenty twenty two. I just I, I can't put manwich and peanut butter together. It just ah, my go to has always been fried peanut butter uh, and banana sandwiches. I'm like Elvis. That was like my go that's been my go to forever. It's a tried and true classic. How can it, you go wrong? It, with it? it really is, and I've eaten that since. Oh shoot. At least good, better than 15 years. There you go. I do love peanut butter, but I want to know what's the weirdest thing that you think that you've put peanut butter on? Is it the manwich? No. All right. That's weird. So the manwich had an egg underneath the manwich and then peanut butter underneath that. So what's with the so egg? Is egg and peanut butter just, it's got to be with everything? 
not necessarily, but it's just a nice little boost of protein. Yeah. So, so that's where that's where that's where the the physique comes from. The egg. See, and it's low calorie as well. Yes. So, but you got good cholesterol though. It's good cholesterol. You got good cholesterol. All right. There, it, as long as you're not eating dozens a day, the cholesterol isn't anything to be worried about. All right. I eat three a day. No, you're you're plenty fine. You All should right. probably eat more. And you should probably put peanut butter on everything. <laughs> what about a hard so, boil? What about a hard boil? Hard boiled and peanut butter? Absolutely. Have you never seen the hard boiled peanut butter and jelly eggs? No. It's like what? a deviled egg, but you put peanut butter and jelly in. Where do you where do you find this? Have you created this? Do you have a cookbook or how, how do you how do you know all this? This is very interesting to me. I love food. Once again, it's 2022. This yes. thing is called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's the internet? Is that that dial-up service that we have? No, no, no. You have to have one of those special discs and you have to tell your mom to get off the phone first before you can use that one. Damn it. That's always the problem. I get in the background. <laughs> so <laughs> the weirdest thing. Yes. Now, I'm going to give you backstory before I tell you this, because you're immediately going to be like, no, absolutely not. And I did it first, too. But hmm. me being the general what would I be if I didn't lead the charge? So true. Uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people were out of jobs, very similar to the recession in the 1920s. Mm -hmm. Peanut butter is a very calorie dense food and provides protein, provides your good healthy fats and keeps you fuller longer. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of concoctions created in the early 1900s with peanut butter. I'm not saying they are all good. I'm not saying all of them should have ever been credit created. However, there was, because people were poor, predominantly, you had condiments, but you had no meats. So people would make peanut butter sandwiches mixed with random various other household items. And one was a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. You got two, now, diff two different types of fatty, but you got your egg in there. Right. You got your egg, but it's very, very high calorie. You got to good fats with that's what your body needs to run on for energy. So if you're poor, you can't afford food. Boom. There you go. So I understood it. And people were tagging me in these things left and right on Twitter. And this is before the peanut butter platoon was even created. It was it just started. It was a figment of my imagination. But people loved to hate it. And I, I knew I was onto something then. So, so did you did you did you pan sear it or was this just bread, mayonnaise, and peanut butter? I went in like the savage that I am. Okay. Two spoons, a dip of each. Oh no. Same time. Mm. And to be honest, it was not bad. Interesting. The combination tasted like a Greek yogurt because it had that little bit of sourness from the mayo, mm -hmm. but then it had the savory as if you would put like a granola on top of the yogurt. So it's a very good oddly enough, it worked. So have you but ever that, tried those, that combination again with anything else? I have not. I've never really had the reason to because it is a lot of calories and I don't eat mayo very often. 
Yeah. It's not the best thing for you, but yeah. I eat peanut butter every day, so I put it on my eggs. All right. So the final one is what's the uh, what's the white whale? What is the, the food that you haven't put peanut butter on yet that you're dying to try? So going back to our earlier conversation about Josh Woods, he is coming to town and him and I both were on a taping of AEW Dark back mm-hmm. in December. And there's a there's a restaurant down there that has a brisket, peanut butter, and jelly sandwich. That you didn't get. I did not get this yet. I have my own personal burger with peanut butter and jelly on it. You can find it at Sam's Club or uh, Sam's Pizza and Subs down in Baltimore, Maryland. Really? It's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and it's named after you. It's, it's called the Savage Burger. It's named specifically after me. Hmm. That's not that far of a drive. No, and it's, I promise you, not only can, like, is the burger good, but they have some of the best cheesesteaks, and... Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? You piqued our interest. See, yes. I knew I would get you guys with that one, because I did a brief stint in Philadelphia as well, and me and my wife, we hopped around, and we tried all the, the locals, but... Uh, you got to go deep to get the best ones. Where's that? You got to go deep. You got to go in like the little, the, the little niche areas, not like the the tourist. Yes. No. Uh, what's the the one by the big giant park? Um, oh, yeah. it's right across the street from like a BP. Well, are you talking about Delisandros? Yes. Okay. That was the best one I had personally in Philly. Uh, that's a popular opinion. Delisandro's is is up there, and I'm pretty sure isn't Chubby's right across the street from it. Oh, I didn't know that was an option when I was there. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch that are really good. There's uh, what Ooey 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 Gooey's or Gooey Louie's? Gooey Louie, Gooey Louie. Mm -hmm. That one's pretty good. There's a lot. I mean, but you're not in Philly anymore. Where Where is home now? Home is now Pittsburgh. Home is now Pittsburgh. Is that originally home? Originally home. We, we moved to Baltimore for Ring of Honor. Then we moved to Philadelphia for Chikara. And then the pandemic struck. And we knew we had to get back home, you know, to get our bearings back about us. And here we are. And wrestling couldn't be better. So out of those three, all East Coast areas, I mean, you have Maryland, Philly, and Pittsburgh. How was it? How was it? The wrestling town differ from each of those. There, I mean, just like anywhere else you go, and you know the food selection, everything's different. You have your five to ten local favorites. You have your five to ten guys that were on TV or on the cusp of making TV. So everyone is already intertwined into some sort of circle whenever you're down there when you're in philadelphia you know you have a lot of history especially with the ecw arena being down there and then baltimore you had ring of honor which was their base for a long time so just those two cities alone because of those two companies you know ecw and roh two of the top of all time and then you have pittsburgh and 
that's kind of where WrestlePit comes in. You know, you have IWC with their lineage in the Super Indy Championship. But right now, WrestlePit's doing something unlike anyone else is doing in the Pittsburgh area. And for most part, all of indie wrestling. So what is the, what is the difference in the WrestlePit? WrestlePit is an all-encompassing style. It's, they have guys like me who are doing the, the pure rules. They have the high flyers. They have Lucha. They have intergender. They do trios, tag teams. They do anything and everything that you could imagine. But what they're trying to do it is on a higher, more prestigious scale. You know, like the, the first event was in a was in a gym, but it wasn't portrayed as just being, hey, this is a ring in a gym. You know, they had VIP set up. They had waitresses walking around. You know, like it's a higher end product. And when you do that, the fans are more inclined to come other than just sit in their seats and sit on their hands. Give them something to do. And it it's refreshing especially coming from my days as mixed martial artist. Whenever you had that, you had your guys, you know, you had some high rollers that would come in, spend a couple hundred dollars on a VIP table. You know, they'd get their drink service. They had a good time. You know, it changes the appeal while you're there. It's something, it's different. Like it's one of those ones that you kind of have to be there to feel that energy. All the way out in Pittsburgh, huh? In Pittsburgh this Saturday, you guys, free? Free? <laughs> no, no, probably not. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> now, is this well, something you can stream it? So on Fight TV, yes. On Fight TV and Title Match Network. Oh, really? Yes. Well, two streaming sites is better than one. I always say. <laughs> Absolutely. You never know what's going to happen, so why not have a backup? Yeah. I mean, fights usually try and true pretty good. Oh, I mean, they have every top-notch event, you know, of, of every era, you know, going on right now. Like, they just had, what was the, the bare-knuckle fights were on this past weekend. Yeah, I saw clips of that. That was pretty brutal. What was that? That, was very that one girl got busted. Oh, she had, like, oh. five, six slices in her face. Yeah, she was all sorts of jacked up. Now, it is was, that something I, you'd ever be interested in? Um, I had a lot of friends here in Pittsburgh because they know me from the local MMA scene and they were trying to get me to go into it. But truth be told, as much as I did fighting, I don't like to be hit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone that there's a few sick individuals out there in fighting that actually enjoy being punched in the face. I'm not one of those guys. I like to get in, get out, get paid and then get on to the next one, like I mentioned earlier. You see a clip of a Spanish dude, the boxer, not to get off topic, who was just eating punches to the face and just not like nothing, like nothing, yeah. literally like just eating them. And I've seen the outcome of that 20 years later oh, where guys can't speak anymore. That's got to be the only thing that happens. Like you can't come back from that. Right? You're punch drunk. And I like my brains the way they are. Yeah. And even the couple years removed from mixed martial arts, I find myself oftentimes even like looking for words. Not that I feel any, you know, there's no slurring, there's no anything, but definitely did a number, you know, 10 years of being punched in the head consistently day in and day out. That'll do a thing or two to you. Yeah. 
Now, how long have you been out of MMA for? It's been six years. Actually, February 26th for WrestlePit will be six years or one day shy of six years from my professional wrestling debut. Wow. So you went right from the octagon or the, the cage to the wrestling ring? Almost. So wow. I went from the octagon to the boxing ring. Okay. I made my professional boxing debut. So you went from getting kicked in the head to getting punched in the head. See, now you get it. Yeah. All and right. now I get suplexed on my head. Yeah. So really, I mean, it's the evolution of fighting. You're living through it. You're living proof. Right. I'm, I'm a combat athlete through and through. Now, does it start to wear on you after all that? I mean, you definitely have your aches and pains, you know, your daily stuff that you wake up with. I had neck surgery. A lot of people don't actually know that. Um, two years ago, I had in my entire neck, in all five vertebrae were shifted to the left. They weren't bulged or herniated. And thankfully, I was in Pittsburgh. I linked up with Kurt Angle's doctor. Oh, wow. Fixed me up good as new. Wow. What was the recuperation on that? The next day, I was pretty much back in full swing. It was, wow. inc- it was crazy incredible. What? Uh, it's a procedure that only this doctor does. And I was able to drive. I was able to do things. I was sore. Don't get me wrong. But I couldn't work out for three months. I couldn't wrestle for six months. You know, like no, no crazy traumas. You know, I couldn't lift anything for like the first week. I wasn't allowed to lift anything over five pounds just so I didn't strain. But for the most part, it was it was an in and out couple hour procedure. My wife was there, drove me home. I pretty much slept all that day because I was still under the anesthesia. But after that, I felt like a new man. I wrestled like that for a year. Wow. I feel like six months is a really fast time for for a neck. Yes, and I exceeded those expectations, too. It made a surprise return to the now-defunct uh, Primetime Pro. Why does that sound so familiar? Why do I feel like there's a lot of places that were defunct? Uh, you know, that happens whenever the pandemic strikes and people can't keep making money and keep making a product. Yeah. Sure, that <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. I'm. Sh- it's shocking, though, that so many went defunct and then so many more have popped up. Right. That's why, you know, I'm ecstatic that Wrestle Pit's here in Pittsburgh. Now, was that the plan to stay in Pittsburgh or are you uh, planning on traveling? Because you did do the the uh, the appearance on Dark. Now, is that something that like you're looking to seek out also? Oh, absolutely. Like the plan is to never to stay home. You don't want to be the guy. You don't want to be the big fish in a small pond. You know, you want to be the big fish in a big pond. And that's the world. That's globally or at least nationally at this moment you know so i have some bookings coming up already set and i'll be in texas i'll be out in minneapolis i'll be in kentucky up in massachusetts uh jersey where else where carolina <clears throat> it's not it's not out there yet you'll see it soon it'll be announced very soon all right and i promise i promise you'll want to be there for that one Okay. Good tease. All right. I'm interested. Yes. Although I hate driving to Jersey, but (laughs) I could make an exception. (laughs) Just go over the bridge. You're good. 
I know there's like only like five of them I can go over. <laughs> Fucking every way in the jersey. And they're every day anyway. <laughs> so uh Victor, we want to thank yeah. you so much for taking the time uh coming on with us, uh talking about WrestlePit. We can't wait to see this event. And other, I mean, obviously, I feel like this match. could go on for like another two hours though. We've always scraped the surface of food. Yes, we're definitely gonna have you on again for sure. Yes. Whenever you're definitely. freed up again. I'm getting to the bottom of this whole peanut butter thing, and I'm coming back with my own peanut butter stories. So I'm going to give you two. They're, okay. I mean, they're ones that I promote all the time, but it's Fokken Nuts, F-O-K-K-E-N, and Fit Butters. They're two entirely different products, but they're both incredible. Hmm, interesting. Now, do they do all different flavors and stuff, too? Oh, flavors and toppings and styles. Like they do cashew butter, they do almond butter, and these are all healthy esque. Yep, even especially fit butters, it has protein inside the peanut butter. So they use what whey or an isolate of some sort? Whey isolate, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yep. I'm gonna venture off. We're coming back, and we're coming back peanut buttered up. Hopefully, you have a new championship on your shoulder. Absolutely. Whenever that, you do come back, title's gonna look real good right here. Yeah, I think so too. I think <laughs> I think you guys could do like a series. We can mix in a couple others. Yeah. We'll like have to it. see what we'll have to see what the future holds. I like it. Now, if only we can just get one place for all the technical wrestlers, put them all in one spot, and air it on my TV weekly. Hmm. Is is that something? I think. Gresham's doing that right now. Yeah, with Terminus. Uh, Terminus, yes. Yes. But it's not on my TV <laughs> yet. And not it's yet. not it's not ran enough. But I know he's he's working on it. Yeah. He's done a great job with that down there. Now is that something you're you're trying to get your foot in the door at too? Absolutely. Uh you know that, that's down in Atlanta, right? Yes. So that as well as Bloodsport, you know, those are two of my two of the top you know, for that style. Well, but blood and sports coming up in a couple weeks, right? Or yeah. in a month and a couple, a month and a week. Yeah. Yep. Are you on blood sport or has that not been announced yet? That has not been discussed yet. Um, oh. Last I spoke with Josh, I was on the radar. So okay. we'll see oh. what's, we'll see what the future holds. All right. I do love that blood sport too. That's always completely nuts. Yes, I feel like and it's so, got it's gotten bigger every year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every single event continues to grow. Yeah, and there's more and more people that want to be involved in it, which is cool. Yeah, it's it's a style unlike any other. You know, it's not pro wrestling, but it's also not not pro wrestling. <laughs> yes, the double entendre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Victor, again, we want to thank you for coming on and joining us. Long overdue. Much appreciated. Yes. Good luck on Saturday in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Yes, at WrestlePit. Right, have a good one.